are listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host. Welcome to Accidental Hope Podcast, a community that seeks hope and healing from a faith perspective. My name is Jennifer. And I'm not an expert, but I do share life experiences because I believe it will help someone else. So get ready to open your heart, laugh, cry, and receive. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me uh, this week for season three. And I have special guests with me today. I'm so excited to introduce to you Summer and Rupert Gordon and Casey, and they are here to tell um, us a little bit about their journey and hope and healing and beauty from ashes and all of it. And so I'm just so excited to share these two families with you. So if you would just open your heart and receive their words. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. We're glad to be here. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of nerve-wracking. It's it's different. I I just am so grateful for the ability to connect with people from all over, you know. And it's funny that we're about to we are connected by something so painful, but yet we're also connected by our faith journey too through something so painful, which is pretty exciting. And I hope glorifies God. Rupert and Summer, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? We've been married almost 15 years, and we <laughs> we got married in our, I was mid-20s, he was late 20s, and we had both been out on our own, two strong-willed, independent people, so our marriage has not been a fairy tale. <laughs> We're coming up on 15 years, and it's stronger every year, and um, I'm looking forward to a new wedding band this anniversary. <laughs> Just teasing. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> no, we, um, so what, you go ahead, Robert, what do we enjoy? We've got a few kiddos. And- yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, equally minded, we, we share a lot of the similar hobbies. We love the outdoors, you know, boating, and, and uh, just kind of, you know, just enjoying Florida weather. Um, that's in part why we, why we live here. We, in the area in Southwest Florida, in which we live, just a great city, a great town, uh, great people. We're blessed with uh, uh, three kids. Our oldest is 14, uh, our middle, he is 12, and then Sawyer would be 10 in uh, February. Oh yeah, almost, yeah. almost 10. Yeah. So he passed away when he was five years old. Uh, we live on a really we love the property that we live on. We live on just over four acres. So we have, you know, just the animals and we've got a couple horses. And so, but we live on a very busy road too. Just a little bit about us in a nutshell. Yeah. Southwest Florida. I told my husband, if he's going to take me from Texas ever, that's where he's taking me. Like he can't coach anywhere else. It's Texas or maybe Florida. I would give him that. Casey, how about you? You want to tell us a little bit about you? Uh, yeah, sure. I was recently married about coming up on four years ago. Congratulations. Uh, uh, Tina, or Christina, I always call her Tina. Leave me alone. I'm sorry, I don't do this kind of thing. <laughs> That's okay. I'm a, I'm a middle school math teacher. I don't either. I just... My wife is Tina. We have a, a two-year-old son, Max. He's uh, 
the the epitome of a two-year-old boy right now. <laughs> um, yeah, very fun. Um, it drives me crazy sometimes. I, I've pretty much been in Florida my whole life. My father was in the Navy, so we moved around quite a bit. I was actually born in Hawaii. Which oh, is, that's cool. Sounds cool, but they moved when I was only a year old, so I don't remember. <laughs> oh, man. But you would still say, I'm from Hawaii, right? Yeah. Could you still? <laughs> Virginia, so it was, you know, culture shock. He's much more of a Virginia boy than a Hawaii yeah, boy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but uh, we came to Florida um, after my parents uh, split up. Were you still in high school when you had your accident? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, 22, um, when the accident happened, I was... I just moved in with a family that went to our church. It's kind of a really turbulent time of my life, actually, even before the accident. I was uh, was really just kind of trying to figure out where I needed to be, what I wanted to do when I grew up. I mean, I'm still thinking, trying to figure that out. But, um, <laughs> you um, got time. Then, yeah, but back then, definitely, I was just really kind of lost a little bit. Started slacking off a lot at work. I was more interested in you know doing whatever I wanted to do. So it kind of put me into a bad situation, and I ended up pretty much homeless for about 24 hours because I had no idea what I was going to do. Mm. Um, a friend of mine, um, my buddy Justin, um, he called me because he found out what I was that I was driving around town, nowhere to go, and told me to stop by. We had a conversation with his parents. They sat me down, and they said, listen, you can live here. These are our rules. You know, and I said, cool. So yeah, that's pretty much where I was at. I was homeless, jobless, <laughs> um, and just trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Just a few months before the accident. And that was like kind of kick you while you're down. We can keep, and it was 2016, right? When y'all had your accident? Because mine was in 2016, in October of 2016. August, did you say? As soon as I heard 2016, I was like, oh, that year. Everyone thinks it's 2020 that's the year, but 2016 was our hard year, and it was y'all's hard year. (laughs) The pandemic's nothing compared to the grief that you guys have experienced. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. Can you tell us a little bit about your Sawyer, Precious Sawyer? He is certainly important in in this story and in this journey. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Do you want to share him? So Sawyer, um, he was just a really sweet, innocent soul. He loved life more than anybody I ever know. I ever knew. He, um, He loved people. He had no bias about anything and he did have developmental delay so he was about um 18 months behind his peers in all areas but he didn't know and he was just happy a little flame but um but yeah he was tiny really tiny for his age skinny little thing um had no bottom (laughs) he just (laughs) ran right into his bottom but a skinny little leg, so he was constantly running around pulling his pants up because they kept falling down, pulling his pants up as he'd run. But he was always on the move. He was fast. He got away from us all the time because he was always just go, go, go. And he was quiet and he was stealthy. So that didn't make for a good combination sometimes. But he was just, he had bright blonde hair and the longest, softest eyelashes, real pretty blue eyes and just a real cute little button nose. And he was missing one of his front teeth because he always sucked his thumb. And I don't know if it just made it wiggly, but it eventually came out earlier. Um, Either his nasty little blanky reindeer baby in his hand or a matchbox car. That was, and his laugh was 
was my favorite thing because um, it was just the biggest thing about him was his laugh. It was infectious and he, he, was, he was just a lot of fun. So he was larger than life and experienced a lot of adventure, I guess, in his young, young years. Yeah, he, he um, you know, speaking to experience a lot of adventure. I mean, he was, a, he was the kid, you know, he had older uh, sister and brother who were extremely active, and he always wanted to just pow along. And so we, you know, if, if I was taking two of the kids, I, would ta- I was taking all three of the kids. So he always joined in on whatever it was. And even though he couldn't really compete or pr- participate um, uh, identically to, you know, to his older brother and sister, um, he sure gave it his all. And he was, you know, it was basically you know, the thought, you know, I'm on board. He, he was always, he just wanted to do whatever it was. And so whether it was boating or fishing or hunting or, or camping or he signed up for it and and probably did a lot of stuff that maybe most three and four and five year old kids didn't just by you know kind of vicariously through the rest of his family because give him an out I, I guess is the the right way of putting it so we just got accustomed to participating in whatever it was and he did so with a generally with a, a smile on his face and uh, I love it he wasn't gonna get left behind what have you learned about you know sharing this process or um journeying child loss because i i feel like it's one of the most painful experiences we can ever fathom here on this side of earth well the you- thing that i have learned is just how personal and how intimate <clears throat> the lord is and how like truly he can get you through the unthinkable because if someone would have told me six years ago that this is the life I would have been living, I would have just said, you know, there's no way. And like, God would have to take me too. Because when you, you know, you love your child so deeply, I don't think that there's a stronger love that we can experience as humans. Um, And so to know that the Lord has strengthened us and completely seen us through the unimaginable like that's the biggest thing that I've learned is that how intimate and how personal he is. And it's definitely a process. I feel like it sounds so trite for me to say this right now, but I didn't feel like that right away. It has taken a long time, but it's just every single day, you know, he sustained us in some way or some fashion. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, it's, um, you know, the uh, child loss versus, you know, losing an adult, and, and obviously both of them are, are tragic, and, and both of them um, hurt. I, you know, I, I can I can compare like the loss of my mom prematurely at her age, sixty-two, to the loss of my son, and I and I will tell you, you know, even though I lost my mom earlier than you know, uh, actuarially speaking, she should have passed that it makes sense that you're going to lose a, a parent before a child, right? That's just the order. That's the natural order. So you can reason uh, and understand that a little bit more, even though in my case, my mom died arguably too young. So comparing the two, yeah, one, one, hurt, one hurt a lot more than, than the other, um, without a doubt. And they were, they were completely different situations through both of them. Um, I, I look at it this way. I, I, um, I know, you know what we had um, when we lost Sawyer, I, you know, 
know, when I've lost loved ones, I've had Jesus to lean on um, and to rely on every step of that way. And even with that, it was really difficult, right? And loss is difficult, but having the foundations that we have, having the God that we have to lean on, it lightens the load. And I want to say a little, but I don't want it to you know, sound like, oh, it's no big deal. It lightens a, little, a lot, but it's still a, a big deal. Well, I think it, it doesn't even lighten the load. He helps carry it with yeah, I, what goes through my mind is as difficult as it is for us who um, gets to lean on Jesus during that time, how difficult it must be for those who experience the same loss, similar loss, and don't have that uh, to lean on. Like, I, can, I just can't fathom. I can't fathom. You know, it's hard to imagine with Jesus. It is really hard to imagine without um, him. And I know that there's people all over that have to deal with that on a daily basis. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just very difficult for me to comprehend. That assurance and that hope that we have, that assurance that we know that this isn't the end. That's, that's the difference. It's, you know, because otherwise it would be, I wish I, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I, I hope that there's something more where we have a deep rooted hope and, and mm-hmm. it's, it's an assurance mm-hmm. of, reunion with him so oh amen amen Casey what about your grief and learning about grief you so young and and your grief was different but what a lot of people don't understand about caddies and caddies means causing accidental death or injury do you have anything that you were learning about your grief what you want someone to know about this unique grief and how maybe your faith helped you through that the good the bad the ugly whatever you want to say about that so my faith wasn't i won't say non-existent i had been raised in church but my parents at the time were very lukewarm christians so it wasn't like i wasn't very religious i you know i didn't read my bible every day i went to church uh at the time i was actually going to church fairly regularly but uh again i was just kind of a lukewarm christian i had my church face and then my you know when i'm out with my buddy's face and I had actually a few days or the day of, I can't really remember, but that I had actually been praying, you know, to, I was kind of at a point where I was done trying, you know, with, with God, I was done trying to be a good Christian. I just wanted to have that no guilt, live my lifestyle, however I want, you know, kind of attitude and just kind of threw my hands up in the air. And then the accident happened. And had this been a situation where the parents had responded, how, every other parent in the planet most likely would have responded. I most likely would not have experienced God. But when Summer, and and as Summer says how she recognizes me, you know, when she saw me, she's like, that's Casey. I actually, once I got out of my truck, I knew where I was. Before that, I didn't. But once I got out of my truck, I knew where I was because we had done a youth event here, what, eight months before? Mm -hmm. Something, something like that. And I just, I vaguely remembered it. I'm like, these people go to my church. So when Summer looked at me and remembered that and then embraced me, she hugged me. That was uh, powerful. Um, it wasn't just a, a hug in that moment. It was the realization of the whole situation. You've got, you know, her son there and then, you know, me, the responsible person. It's just not the response that you can logically connect and yeah i I, again i don't don't, um i'm not good at articulating my thoughts sometimes you can ask my wife but um (laughs) you're doing great it was like when when summer um hugged me it it was almost as if 
it was a three person hug. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you understand my meaning. Totally understand. Yeah. Um, and then later when I saw Rupert coming toward me and I knew it was his dad, it was Sawyer's dad. Um, and I, I'm sure, you, I don't know if you've read the book or not, but, um, she uh her, her i i mentioned to summer that i had, i wanted him to just let go and just completely you know let it lose his temper um i wouldn't have done a thing i just stood there and i'd have taken it you know but he did the same thing and it was the same situation all over again that was uh, that realization of jesus right there in that in that hug after that you know they obviously had their their hands full so they were off and um I had walked away and then I, one of the women, she was actually the youth pastor, pastor's wife, I guess. We had grown very close. Her name is Valerie. She, uh, she was awesome. She's a very close friend of mine and Tina's at the time. And, uh, she got there first and we, you know, she didn't really talk. We just kind of sat there after, after a while I started to, you know, start slowly talking. And I said to her, I told her what happened. I said, you know, Summer and Rupert have not shown any anger towards me at all um and she even was kind of taken aback by that she's a there's no manual that tells you how you're going to react no no but Um, you guys shared jesus in that moment which is just unfathomable to anyone amazing and i'm so and doesn't make it easy and i'm sure there was lots of emotions but i i honestly the holy spirit took over I mean, we didn't feel anything towards him but compassion. Mm. And Jesus, like, that would be the mm. number one word that I would use to, I think, describe him. It's just he always had compassion. You know, anything good in us comes from the Lord. And so Amen. in that moment, it was the Holy Spirit just took over and, and was Jesus. To, so I've never heard Casey describe that three-person hug and it just Mm -hmm. made me tear up because that was really powerful and I honestly I couldn't agree more like I think that that's yeah so I'm tearing too you can't see it but yeah I felt it I envisioned it and there's something so beautiful and sacred about that place where y'all were at and and then there's just this um unconditional love understanding that transcends you know transcends all understanding so it had to have been the holy spirit working in that moment that's a beautiful picture i'm going to convey this the right way but you look in a moment like that you look for a reasonable explanation the the way that that we interface during that time both him uh, to us and us to him and you just look for something that you can you know worldly that you can describe well here's uh, why it happened this way, you know, and, and I think, I don't know how long it took, but I know Summer and I settled on, Casey as well, that it, the simplest answer is it, it was Jesus. That, that is it. There isn't another explanation. We can't, because I, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that that is a natural reaction for me. I mean, I, I, at all, I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten fired up over the silliest of stuff in life in one of the most, certainly the most serious moment that I've ever been in, I reacted probably in a, in a not so typical manner. And so the only explanation is, is that, I mean, yeah. well, it doesn't make sense, but. And the first responders were all just kind of watching in awe. 
because that doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. That was even more of, you know, looking back in, in retrospect, it, because Jesus responded for us that way, I feel like that's even more of, of a, a sign that he, he wants to continue to use it. Like he is in, intentional about using our tragedy. Absolutely. And how beautiful it is because if, if it had not gone that way, it would not have impacted the first responders. But you, you ministered not only to yourselves because you were able to combat your own flesh or what made sense. You ministered to Casey and may have changed, it saved his life really in that moment with those hugs. And then the first responders being in awe and confused too, like it literally ministered in the situation versus what would have happened. Like had it been typical reaction, which is okay because again, we're human, but it couldn't have ministered in the way that that did because of how it played out. And so it, I, I'm sometimes in a loss for words when understanding it because I didn't get to experience it either, you know, and it's what I hope for. It's what I hope for all of us who are this healing part and it's awkward and it's hard, but it's, it can bear fruit. You guys are sitting on the same couch in Florida and that is something that can be amazing. You know what I mean? Like it can be, it can bear fruit. It can be beautiful and God can use that because you chose that versus hardening your heart and becoming bitter. Choosing healing, Casey, versus, you know, all the other choices we can have being through this situation. Like you, you see me, I understand. Like I've been in your shoes, bud. I was in your shoes. I don't, I know I'm a mom with this small cap and this headset, but I was in your shoes. I was still just as scared and sad and broken as you were. And going through that and not receiving that immediate forgiveness from the victim's family. So I think it is different. I think what you went through was, and I'm not, I don't want to compare the two situations, obviously, but yeah. um, I think it would have been a lot tougher if uh, Summer and Rupert had just, you know, reacted in a different way. I kept expecting someone to stone me. I literally was like, if I walk out of this house, I, I totally expect, like, if they're there, I'll just lay down and just take it. I mean, it was, I'm saying that with, but I, I literally in my brain had prepared. That I completely understand. I remember the, the following Sunday came around. I think I, did, I didn't go the next Sunday, but I think it was the next Sunday my mother had, you know, convinced me. She was like, I think we need to go to church. So, um, I went to church and I remember walking through the doors thinking that I'm going to get booed out of here. You know, people are going to be angry to see me because this, again, you know, we, we had a, a church community, of 400 people. I mean, it's, it's big, but it's still small enough to where a lot of people knew Summer and Rupert. They knew Sawyer. Um, they knew me, um, you know, and, and I was actually very close with the younger uh, the younger kids in the church because I was so involved in the youth group. Um, so I can only imagine what some of the parents might be thinking, you know, that, you know, that he's involved in our youth. You know, and I expect him to be booted from all that stuff. But uh, I mean, that didn't happen, but uh, which is awesome. At the same time, I, I was expecting it. You know what I mean? You know, a lot of times I think about um, Casey and his shoes. I mean, you know, I, I understand my side of it, but um, I, my mind goes to, the other side and, and what he's experiencing, what he's walking through and, and, and some of the decisions that he could have made that he didn't make. And, I, you know, just 
you know, to rattle off a couple of them, this could have been a hit and run. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. This, um, it, it could have been, you know, a, a Casey could have taken the route of, look, I need to get myself as far away from the situation as possible, as quickly as possible, because that's the way that um, I need to heal, right? I mean, that's, that's an option. That certainly was an option. And there's, we, there's been some push and pull, I think, in our relationship, making sure that we fight that. Because I, I firmly believe that Satan's goal would be to drive a wedge and, and, and uh, destroy the relationship that we have. And I would argue that we are bound and determined um, not to let that happen. But so what I, what I want to stress that I think made it as difficult as it was easier for us is you know, this is a two-way street. It's a, it's a relationship. And he has been, um, you know, I wonder if I would have been as brave as he has been through all of this. You know, I, I can't imagine, I could, I could not imagine um, walking up to go hang out on the back porch with the mom um, of, of, of the, the son that I was just involved in an accident with and doing that on my own and having a sit down conversation with that mom for a couple of hours and listen, looking her in the face. And you know, that, that's a, that's a pretty hardcore man um, to, to do that. And what I'll, you know, I'm sure it was God in him that, uh, that, that gave him the power to do that. But a lesser man would have turned and run and run as far away as he could have both from God and both from the family in the situation. So that's so good. That's so good because it's, you know what, it's worth it. What I hear when you say that, anyone listening who might be going through a hard time or a relationship struggle, it's worth it to do the hard thing, that brave thing, and still show up even if you're scared to death, you know, or the grieving mom who is broken and hard, you know, heartbroken but still willing to sit and try to figure it out or the father who's grieving like to just try to put hit a second in someone else's shoes I mean all those things are worth it um but incredibly difficult and they're so brave and um, all of you are so brave for doing it I feel like God has just really woven our hearts together mm -hmm. probably sounds like something on a hallmark a movie or a card but I just I really do and there have been seasons in our relationship where both of us well so Rupert and I will maybe be struggling and at the same time Casey's struggling and none of us know and then he would just show up kind of at our door and it's just God is just so really God moments that you yeah. can't you can't to, to put my two cents into that um <laughs> The, those days that I did that, um, I was doing I was doing a lot of outside stuff at that time. I was uh, doing a lot of different jobs. It was it was not me because me would not have just popped it. I didn't do that. I, I didn't just show up. You can ask my entire family. I I planned things ahead. If I'm gonna come over, we do that. Um, and especially in this, where it's like, you know, I I have a hundred million hundred million excuses not to go there. Mm -hmm. um, the, the times when I'd be driving by or I'd be just, you know, a few minutes down the road that God was just like, go. Mm -hmm. um, oh. and those, 
again, you know, there's that split second of doubt and then, you know, you do it and then you get there another split second of doubt. And then just before you see them, um, but they always, every time they were so excited to see me, they never had, never once was I turned away. And those moments were as healing for me as I hope they were for them. Because it showed, you know, it just, to me, it was like, they've accepted this, you know, they, yeah. they they're not fighting this. You know, and Sawyer is, is not here anymore, but, you know, is, isn't that enough for, for one life to be gone? Like, uh, we didn't want Casey's life, you know, to be in shambles too, because it's like, he's still here. We're still here and we have to make an intentional choice. Like, what are we going to do with this? Are we going to just live in despair and live in brokenness and live in hurt and unforgiveness? Or are we going to choose to honor the Lord and let him put the pieces together and be able to make something good of it? Mm, that's good. Is that how, tell me a little bit about the book and how you named it, because I want to tell you that when you say hope remains, hope is a big deal. Obviously I call it exodal hope, but hope, hope almost died for me. So hope is huge in, in my own personal story. And when you say, when I hear the word or the phrase or the title hope remains, I mean, it connected so much because you can have grief and you can have joy at the same time. You can be sad and grieved, but you can still have hope and still have life. It's like when the dust settled, hope still remained. And I was just like, oh, I can't wait to read this book. So tell us a little bit about the book and that process. And, and then maybe in a minute, so Casey, I'm going to ask you how you feel. I'm not a writer. I don't enjoy writing. This was not a cathartic process like so many people think that it would be. But I clearly heard the Lord speak to my heart that, and he said, you need to share your story. And I was like, well, Lord, we already have, because there's a large Christian radio station who did a video um, of our testimony. And, and so I kind of said, Lord, we already have. And he said, I want you to write a book. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, oh, no big deal. I have a friend. She's a great writer. And I reached out to that friend. And not long after, the Lord said, no, I want you you to write the book and I thought okay here we go and so I he has provided every single step of the way he has provided things that we could never even fathom that he would provide and um he brought Rupert's voice into the book he brought Casey's voice into the book and it I mean it's been a almost a four-year process it's been a long journey but um I, I think he's just gonna do a good work through it that's that's been our part this entire time was that the Lord would be glorified. We, it was completely a walk of obedience. We have no other agenda for this book than for it to be used however Jesus wants it to be used. Yeah. Um, and so we share some of our, our hurt. We share the first chapter. We just share all about Sawyer and we try to draw the reader in and have them just get to know Sawyer a little bit and maybe even see their own loved ones through, through Sawyer. And then the second chapter, it's, it's the chaos of the accident and of saying, goodbye for now. And the second chapter is sad and it's heavy, but we had to convey the heavy in order to convey the strength of the Lord. And then after that, we kind of go into just how Jesus was present and, and so, so many ways. So many ways. I mean, 
And so it's part memoir, part Christian apologetic. We share our faith in there. We share lessons that we've learned. We talk about our marriage and how it was so just tumultuous for so many years. And now it's, I mean, we've got a darn good marriage now. It's Amen. It's, it's far from perfect, but you know, it's <laughs> a great marriage and just lessons that we've learned, you know, work-life balance and some of the other things that happened through our journey. I mean, you think that when you go through tragedy that you've got a pass and you're like, all right, no more suffering. Well, no, our, our middle son had to go through an open heart surgery and we were betrayed by some people and just lots of things. So that's, that was the, was the goal in the book was to just be obedient. But our hope was that people would know that they're not alone and that it would hope that whatever they go through, Jesus is bigger and Jesus is stronger and he will sustain them and he won't waste an ounce of their heartache. Mm. So good. I can't wait to get my hands on it. <laughs> it's my husband assures me it comes tomorrow or Monday, but I can't yeah. wait to, I'm part of the launch team and I'm so excited. I'm so proud of y'all. I'm cheering from Texas as loud as I can. Yeah, we, are, we are able to release it the same week of Sawyer's birthday, which was really sweet. So it will be released on February 23rd. Um, so we're just, that was another God wink. It was just really cool how how he's just provided. He's provided some strong endorsements, two New York Times bestselling authors, a Christian music recording artist, which just, we are nobodies from nowhere. So it's just evidence of the hand of Jesus. I love it. I will give her a lot of credit. It's probably a 90% 10 um, on this project. She's put a lot of time in, in, in this, but what I will state is, um, you know, we were willing to do the work, um, and and God has has seriously opened doors and closed doors. And if you were to map this thing out, I mean, it's it's really it's impre- it's really impressive mm. to see how He guided us uh, to get to this point. That um, that again, you know. I, or I, I don't. I just can't reason. I I can't use any. Nothing else comes to mind as to uh, other than God just making it happen and getting us to where we where we are at this point in time and actually publishing a book because Summer is not a writer and I I mean I am the opposite of a writer. Um, <laughs> Should we tell him? Should we tell them what I read? Sure. sure so that. we have. Um, I was reading through the writing and so the way that we did this is is we would just kind of word vomit it's called word dump onto a page. And so record would just dump all these thoughts, these jumbled thoughts onto a page. And I would try to help make them cohesive and help them make sense. And then would, would shape his writing and would go back and say, okay, is this what you meant? Is this what you wanted to convey? And he would either say yay or nay. But one day I was sitting there editing and I, I read some of his writing and I thought, what in the world? <laughs> Yeah, the word was mize well, M-I-Z-E-W-E-L-L. He wrote mize well. And I laughed and I said, did you mean might as well? Is that- <laughs> it's a repertism. And so the, the, just the sheer fact alone that he is an author is a testament to the hand of God. If my English teachers ever listen to this, I really did have some great English teachers. <laughs> that's I, funny. That's, but that's you're not a- quitting your day job, right? You're- 
you know, I've, I've heard the people who are other caddies or people who have grieved a loss. And then when they write their book, it's really just, it's honoring the person who's lost. It's honoring the moments and the memories, because even though they're hard, they're sacred. And then it kind of like, like you said, other people can read this and they can just know that they're not alone. And the Holy Spirit will talk to them through different parts. You know, each person's um, journey through reading it may affect different people. So we'll have to follow up maybe a year from now and you can see it because you don't know how God's going to use it. And that's so exciting and hard at the same time. But every single person who I've ever talked to said that even just what you're doing right now, like coming on your first podcast and talking about it, it never gets easier, but you keep moving forward and you get another layer of healing. Right. Even talking about it, you get another layer of your healing um, it was by speaking it out. It was therapeutic. Um, and I, it was a lot of work for her. It was therapeutic for me. And, and I didn't have to gear up to, or if she said, hey, I, you know, she had to push me. I need you to uh, tell me about this, right? And generally, this was a pretty hard topic. And so I would have to mentally prepare, because that's just the way that I am. I compartmentalize everything. I put it in its box. And I would, you know, I, I would carve out that day and, and write it. And it was, it was exhausting for me. However, it was, there was a degree of therapy through that. And so, you know, and that's for me. And I can't, I can't speak for you on that one. But I, I know that it helped me kind of cope with and, and at least express myself on, on paper, at least on the computer. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see the lives that will be touched. Casey, is it hard? A little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, my mother actually is a, what, what, what is it She's called? She's on, on our launch team as well. The, my mother is on the launch team as well. And uh, she had gotten a copy of her uh, of the book and she read it. My mom reads incredibly fast, so she's already read it like three times. She called me and she said, hey, I got this book. If you want to come, you know, and get it or I can drop it off. So I, I got the book. Day after I started reading it, I got a, a couple of chapters in and I called Rep and I said, you guys really expect me to read this book because <laughs> I, I just, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't read another page. I was yeah. done. Um, you know, my wife and I had a conversation for like an hour. She's trying to convince me it's okay. Call them and, and tell them, you know, because mm -hmm. I just, I felt horrible at the same yeah. time. It's yeah. Effort. You know, Summer's been doing, trying to write this book for a long time. And, uh, and I didn't want to hurt them because I didn't want to read it. And it's not that I don't want to. Um, well, in his defense, he read the hardest part. The <laughs> hardest part is the first few chapters. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, man. And we didn't have any expectations of him at I all. Know. We're like, you don't have to read it ever. It's mm -hmm. yeah, But um, it's there if you need it at some point and you want to. Yeah. I, I do think it would bless you to see what, how God manifested himself and how God, mm -hmm. the lessons God taught us, the good things, honestly, yeah. that came mm -hmm. from the accident. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, it's not that I like, uh, you know, I've read, gotten into like, you know, the Christian, you know, books and stuff like that. So I was, I was excited and also very, very nervous at the same time. But, you know, when I first started reading it, I, uh, I you know, I had that conversation with my wife. I was just like, I, I just don't know. Yeah. It brought you back. It triggered you. Mm -hmm. See that. You know what it's like, so you know that it's not something that it's just on pause in our lives. It's an everyday thing. Mm -hmm. Sawyer is on my mind every day. Every day. So many people don't understand that. Every single day, every for for the first year, even hours, 
every hour we think about our victim. You make peace with this. I mean, I've heard from people 42 years, they still think about their accident every day, but God can use it. I want to, I want to tell you, you know, when I heard your story, the fact that you, this forgiveness has happened, the Lord forgave you the, you know, when Sawyer forgave you the moment he entered heaven, this, this family forgave you and I want you to forgive you, you know, and you have not only when God says he forgives, he doesn't even, he doesn't just erase it and make it white. He forgets it. You have a new name. You are not defined by this. That is just the most amazing thing. And it's just a sacred place. You have your relationship with Sawyer and it's yours, but now you have this beautiful story. If, and when you want to read it, I just, where I think about, hmm, I wonder what his children are going through. Um, but I don't know. So you have that gift. It, you know, it's a beautiful thing. There, there have been times where you know, I, I've gotten frustrated with why do I always have to think about, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm sure you've asked yourself the same question. Um, but then there are times when I've had opportunities to, to speak to people. Most of the time when I do, I tell it in, in the third person, I guess. I, I tell it as somebody else's story. Um, it just kind of helps me, uh, makes it easier that they don't know it's me situations I have, you know, just gone through it. And this is my testimony. You know, recently I, I've been doing church with a, a small group of friends and family. One of the guys that comes regularly, him and his wife, he's not saved. He's not a Christian. Um, his wife is, but uh, he is not. And, um, you know, we, we have conversations all the time and they're very, they're great conversations. He mentioned that he just wanted God to give him a wake up call. And I just had this realization. I'm like, be careful what you wish for. Or I, that's what I needed. I needed a wake-up call. And I think I'll forever regret what it took for me to get my life on track and get my life right with God. I think that that's a, I mean, it's, 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 not, a, it's, it's not a happy thought, but at the same time, it's, it is what it is. You know, um, my wake-up call was, was not a good one. So I just, I shared to him what happened and, and, you know, cause he had said he never really understood what like a miracle was. And I said, well, um, what if, you know, cause he, he actually has two kids. Um, and I, you know, after I told him the story, I'm like, would you have responded the way that they did? And he told me, no, you know, that's not how he would have responded. I'm like, okay. So I completely understand that because I'm human. Um, so is there any other explanation you know, than God being involved in that. Um, and it was a great, I mean, it sucked. You know, I don't like yeah. going. Um, it's not a pretty testimony, I know. Um, but it's also very powerful. And mm-hmm. it's, um, be, you know, and being able to share that and have an impact on other people's lives is our goal. Yeah. Because yeah, something Summer said multiple times is that she's not let, going to let the enemy have an ounce of Sawyer's blood. That's right. You can't steal anything else. Look, Sawyer has a beautiful legacy by what you guys are sharing. But is there any last words of hope that you want to share with the listeners? Anything that you want to share? I think from as far as from a, a grieving standpoint, if there's anybody <laughs> who's experiencing loss, you know, I, I just tell people it, it won't always hurt this bad, you know, because sometimes in the thick of it, you just feel like you can't make it another minute, but it's just one minute at a time. And mm. then, you know, and, 
and it's always going to hurt, but we have come to a place that, and it sounds so strange, but where we do welcome the pain in our life because we see that it, it binds our heart to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's all about Jesus and hope remains. Your story literally had me bawling like a baby. I I, list, I watched that video and I was like, oh, I have to find this family. It's what we all hope for. The mission of Accidental Hope was not only for the people who've caused accidents, but the families that are grieving. I pray that God would help us to lean in and reach across the table when we can. Be that compassion that the world is lacking because it is supernatural. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy that day. But because you chose not to, the harder route, and you you chose to let Jesus guide you and lead you and support you through it, it turns to more life. It turns to the fruit. It turns to those beautiful pictures you share on Facebook of like, the horses and there's something so so beautiful about it because it is not of this world and I'm so grateful that you came on the show to share it I can't wait to hear a follow-up about the book and how it goes we'll make sure we link it so guys go go find your copy of hope remains loss will happen if not now sometime and you want to have your hearts prepared and ready and and just Look for hope, seek hope. And you know what's funny is apparently Hope Remains is a popular title because there are two or three books called Hope Remains. So <laughs> but it's the one with the little hand and a matchbox car on the front. And actually the matchbox car on the cover is the very matchbox car that Sawyer was holding when he went to be with Jesus. So not everybody knows that, but it was just a little special, um, another special God week that we were able to, to have that be incorporated in. Thank you so much for coming. And if you're ever in Texas or in Waco, come say hi. And and I would love to get to meet you guys. Or maybe we'll get over to Florida. How's about that? You know. Thanks for listening to Accidental Hope. Remember to seek hope and share it. Come back next week. Bye. Happy Music Number 7 brought to you by scottholmesmusic.com.